winding down. They're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. I my uh, headphones currently are not getting sound. So as I'm talking to you, I'm going to be trying to fix that uh, because that would not make that would make doing this show a lot harder if my headphones didn't work. Uh, let's see. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program tonight. And that's better. That's much better. Okay. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program tonight. We're also taking your messages on the WBSM app chat so got a good show ahead for you tonight last night was pretty jam-packed we had well first you know we we had the two can two of the candidates two of the three candidates in the democratic primary for uh bristol county sheriff and that was first we had nick bernier and then we had um mayor paul haru of uh, attleboro both are running for the right to take on Tom Hodgson in the fall. And they were talking about basically how fraught uh, the the tensions are. And, okay, sorry, I'm all prepared now. <laughs> so they were basically talking about how, like, how fraught the tensions were because of a mailer that, that Paul Haru had sent out that compared himself favorably to the other two candidates in the field and... Nick Bernier had said that was a betrayal of a promise, this basically this non-aggression pact that they had taken before the primary started in January because they knew each other. They knew each other prior to this uh, this election. Nick and Nick and Paul and George, I guess, agreed. And they were all super nice to each other at the debate. There's only, um, you know, a couple of real contrasts being drawn. Those were, were mostly being drawn by... Uh, Mayor Haru. Uh, so I had them on. I wanted to hear each side of their story. If you don't, if you haven't read the story yet, you can check it out on WBSM.com. And if you, um, and, uh, 
it's there. The mailer in question is there. And the press release, a joint press release released by both Nick Bernier and George McNeil condemning Paul Haru is there. Now, I think that... trying to log into my computer there we go <laughs> so i think that um my my opinion so so the the mailer it's on wbsm.com and it's now it was in politico's massachusetts playbook this morning actually as well and you can check it out it shows the mailer front and back and it shows the area in question which uh i guess um vexed uh nick and george candidates nick and george because it says on it, um, it compares the three candidates. And these are comparisons I think Haru drew in the in the debate. Basically what he said was, I've, you know, it said, you know, Haru is the best candidate to take on and battled incumbent Hodgson in the fall, right? And it said, candidate NB, uh, you know, uh, candidate NB, candidate Haru, candidate GM. So it doesn't use their name ex names explicitly, but it says, you know, elections won, candidate NB, 0 and 2. Um, Paul Haru, 8 and 8. Uh, candidate GM, 0, because uh, McNeil hasn't, this is his first foray into, uh, into electoral politics. Uh, and then it was budgets managed, uh, NB, question mark. Um, Mayor Haru, $124 million. Um, George McNeil, $3.5 million, right? And it said, corrections experience. Candidate NB, X, for no corrections experienced. Mayor Haru, checkmark, because he has corrections experience. He's worked in both a jail and a prison uh, uh, for the Mass Department of Corrections and in the Philadelphia County Jail. And then candidate George McNeil, uh, X, because he, uh, he was a police officer. Police officers do not work in prisons. Correction law. Corrections officers do. So I think it just drew, and it says donations. Candidate NB, 170. Candidate Haru, 686. Candidate McNeil, 60. Right? So it just showed that it just, it said things that were true to show, to demonstrate the difference between Paul Haru, the mayor of Attleboro, and former state rep, versus attorney Nick Bernier and Chief McNeil. Now, Nick Bernier took exception to it. He thought it was a violation of what they agreed upon. Paul Haru had said, it's the same stuff I said in the debate. It's a contrast. It's not negative, which I agree. Um, but I, I like Nick. I think he has all the support from... These guys like Mike Rodericks, the chairman of Ways and Means, Mike Rodericks, uh, Tom Hoy, the former mayor of Taunton and current Bristol County Register of Probate, um, you know, Rep Fiola, um, uh, he said he got some signature support from, from John Saunders, uh, county commissioner, former New Bedford City Councilor. And I think the reason he did get called out for that name drop, though, um, but I think that the reason he has this support, oh, and Governor's Counselor Joe Ferreira. And I think the reason he has this support is because for the last 10 or so years, he's been somebody who's been very active in the community, 
who's done a lot, who's given a lot back and said, okay, can you guys support me now for sheriff? And they said, yeah, of course. You've supported us all this time. We'll support you, which I think is good. I think he's done a lot of good work in the community. And I think after this election, no matter what happens, he'll continue to po- to to give positively back to his community. But I didn't think he came out of last night's interview. And I, I wanted to have him on to get his his perspective. I thought that was important to have him on. Um, you know, I, I assume just have him on because he's going to be representing McNeil since they signed up a joint candidate statement. I don't know. Um, and so I figured I'd just have him on to talk about it. And um, and he's the one that sent me the press release. And then I had Mayor Haru on. And after talking to both of them, and again, I, I like both people. I think they're good people that are going to continue to do good work in the, their community, whether or not they win this election or the election afterwards. I, I came out thinking Nick Bernier didn't look so good. And I heard from a lot of people. Uh, well, some people called in, some people messaged on the app chat. Some people texted me uh, or messaged me the next day. Some people you know, called me and asked me about it. So I've heard from a lot of people that Nick didn't look good either. And for a few reasons. One, um, I think most people have the idea that this is a campaign and a campaign is a contest. And so there's got to be at least, and it's nice to be civil and be nice and be friendly and all that. But the reality is you guys are in direct competition for votes and to separate yourself from the others you have to draw a contrast between yourself and your opponents, right? So that's what that mailer did, and I think it did it really effectively. Um, Mayor Haru has won eight elections before. He has corrections experience. He's been a mayor, right? Um, George McNeil voted in the Republican primary. Those are real things. Those are facts, so he didn't say anything negative, right? A negative hit would be, George McNeil, you were actually fired, right? The stuff that people called in and said, Nick Bernie, you worked with Jaisal Korea, right? That's stuff that people called in and said, oh, you worked with Jaisal Korea, well, how can we trust you? Someone called in and said that, what, the next day after the debate or the two days after the debate? That could have been stuff that Paul Haru could have said. Paul Haru could have asked George McNeil, hey, uh, you voted in 2016 the Republican primary, so did you vote for Tom Hodgson? Because guess what? That's the last time Tom Hodgson was on the ballot. So we could have asked him, did you vote for Tom Hodgson? You voted in the Republican primary in 2016. Did you vote for Tom Hodgson? Could have asked him that question. That would have been a fair question to ask him. Right? Did you vote for Donald Trump? Donald Trump won the 2016 Republican primary. Right? So... It doesn't say which primaries he voted in. In fairness, it doesn't say which primaries he voted in. But, you know, Nick Bernier never voted in a Republican primary. Neither did Paul Haru, right? In 2016, ain't that long ago. It ain't that long ago. So I think that was all fair. I thought that was all fair stuff. I didn't like when Nick Bernier had said, like, made some nasty personal attack towards Mayor Haru had said, Oh, since I've been married or I've had a kid, it's I know more about or I can better relate to people in the county 
than uh, some bachelor that's 46 and lives alone and never married. So, like, a few things on that. Like, okay, one, um, no one really cares about your marital status. But two, like, I don't get how attacking him personally on that makes you look like a better candidate. I think a lot of people saw that as really small and childish. It was really petty to do. I didn't like it when he said it, but, you know... I like it a lot less now the more they think about it because it's a really nasty personal attack to to suggest. And I, I think, you know, it doesn't this isn't to say I know anything about Paul Haru's life or whether or not he's happy or fulfilled or whatever. But there's many different ways to have a fulfilling, uh, a fulfilling, purposeful life that's relatable. And to say that you can relate to, to people in the county because you're married with a kid. Well, there's plenty of people in, in this county, present company included. The two hosts of this show included that aren't married and don't have kids, right? There's plenty of elected officials locally that I know that are married and that aren't married and don't have kids and that have been able to win elections and been able to relate to people because there's more to life than your ability to breed and your ability to marry somebody. There is more, there is more to relate to than just that. So you just being married Guess what? That doesn't relate to me, and I'm voting in this primary, right? That doesn't relate to me. Oh, you're married with a kid? Cool. I don't care. What policies are you bringing? How are you going to take on Tom Hodgson? That's what I care about. I don't care about your, your I don't care that you, you have a kid or you're married. I don't care about that stuff, and nobody else should either. It, it was a weird thing to say, to try to attack his private life, to make him seem like he's some kind of loser. I didn't like it, and I like it a lot less the more I thought about it. I thought it was a nasty thing to say, and I think it's something that came out of, like, a sense of frustration because the things that were in that mailer were true. They were true things. It didn't make any sense to get mad about it. It made less sense to say the things he said about it. It makes even less sense to say, I'm not going to accept his support if I win this primary, nor am I going to take, uh, nor am I committing to support him if he wins the primary against Sheriff Hodgson. What's the point of running, right? What's the point of running? I thought the mission was if you're a Democrat, if you're a Democrat locally and you're invested in this, in this primary, right? I thought the mission was running a candidate that's going to have a competitive election against Tom Hodgson. I thought that was the mission, Right. The mission, they all agreed. They all agreed on the debate just two days earlier. They all agreed, hey, we need to field a candidate that can compete with Tom Hodgson, who's very well funded and a longtime incumbent, right? We need to find a candidate that can compete. And then two days later, or three days later, however long, not less than a week later, it's all of a sudden, I'm, you know, at least Tom's never lied to me, right? Or, you know, Tom's done some good things. Okay, I don't know. Why don't you work on his campaign then? Why don't you go work for him? What do you? What's the point of running? Why don't? Why bother? Why bother? If you're just going to be so laudatory of him, he's. You know what he's going to do? He's going to take all that, and he's going to run on it. He's going to say, "Oh yeah, you're right. You know what? I am doing a great job. I am a good man, right? Oh, that is a great program. I'm. I started it. You're right." No, I'm glad you agree. Good. You should vote for me. That's not a competitive election. That's not a... 
kissing someone's ass is does not make for a competitive election. Getting mad about a mailer and saying your opponent is single and not unrelatable is single and unrelatable and that um you wouldn't support him. That doesn't make for a competitive general election either. None of that had to like nothing you know, he talked about his experience as a prosecutor, which yes, he was a prosecutor. Um, he's a lawyer. He he is a lawyer. He has a law practice. It's hard to be a lawyer. I'm a lawyer. I know it. it I know it. It's hard to become a lawyer, and it's hard to be a lawyer. I I get that, and it's an accomplishment. I get that. But all he did was say, "Well, I've run a jail, or I've worked in a jail before. I've worked in a prison before, so I know what it's like." And that apparently in 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 this in this mailer, and that apparently upset him to the point where he had to say, uh, oh, he's, you know, he's single, so who can relate, and I won't support him. And Tom Hodgson's never lied to me, right? That all just seems like sour grapes. It all seems like sour grapes. And all it does is help Sheriff Hodgson. By the way, Sheriff Hodgson's actually going to be going to be in Friday at 7 o'clock. Chris, Chris and I will be sitting down with, and Chris will be back Wednesday. Tomorrow, and Chris and I, Chris and I will be uh, sitting with Sheriff Hodgson. Uh, to, uh, Friday seven, we'll be taking your calls at five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred, and we can take your calls now, and we can take your messages on the WBSM app chat. But uh, he's going to be in. He's going to react to one the debate, right, and two the um, all of this. Uh, I guess drama that's happening. A couple weeks before the primary. And, you know, the other thing that didn't make sense about the response to this mailer was that it just put more eyes on it, right? So I get the press release. So I get the press release on, I don't know, uh, I get it on Friday, right? So I don't have time to write a story. And then I, you know, I went to, I was away for the weekend, so I didn't have time to write it over the weekend either. So I wrote it on Monday. Um, I wrote the column on the story. Uh, I know Nick liked it. I know Paul liked it. But the problem is, from my point of view, and I, I think I was fair to both of them. I was fair to both of them by having them on my show. But I think the problem is, with making this a story, is that that mailer hit tens of thousands of doors the day after the debate, right? And now that mailer is front and back in a column memorialized on WBSM.com, and you can check it out. The press release is too, but so is the mailer that they didn't like. And that, that story was in Politico's Massachusetts Playbook this morning. It's authored by Lisa Kaczynski, friend of the show. And so that that's a statewide mailer. So that hit even thousands of inboxes, right? Thousands of inboxes this morning. So there's even more eyes on that column and even more eyes on that mailer. And Tim talked about it this morning and he read the terms of the mailer. And he talked about the mailer. So in response to a mailer that's devastating to your campaign or 
you think reflects poorly on your campaign or you think is negative and and is says things and reflects on you negatively, you gave it more attention. I've seen a lot of front local campaigns. I've worked on some other campaigns and often with when things go, if you think they're going, I didn't think this was negative, right? But if, and I tried to, and, and I tried to make it negative. I was like, hey, let's have it out here. It's a debate. Why don't you guys debate, right? But they wanted to have like a nice civil conversation. People still enjoyed it. But now all this stuff's happening afterwards, right? You're getting people talking at each other instead of just talking to each other here. Um, I just didn't see it. I, I don't think that's, I didn't think that was the right response. And I don't think it reflects well on somebody to make personal attacks and didn't just draw attention to the thing that you don't like. The, the 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 facts that were that were on that mailer, and again, I really didn't like the personal attack. I thought that was a nasty thing to do, and the more I thought about it, the less I liked it. And it seemed like he had nastier stuff to say about Paul than he did about the guy he's supposedly trying to ouster from his job, Tom Hodgson. He's trying to remove Tom Hodgson from his job, right? And he had more. He had more crappy things to say about Paul Haru than he did about Tom Hodgson. Now, when Paul Haru, when I had him on, he was relentlessly on message. He was on message. He didn't even respond to any of that stuff, really. I I had him on to respond to it, and he just said, yeah, listen, it's not negative. Uh, it's a contrast piece. It's the same stuff I said in the debate. I'd support Nick if he ran. Oh, he didn't take my support. Well, that's too bad. I'll st he still has my vote. Um, I am running because I think these this needs to change. I think prison should be a place where, you know, it's corrections. It doesn't necessarily need to be a, uh, you know, punishment. It needs to be a place where people are reformed so they don't reoffend. Like, he just stayed on message. Stayed on message. He didn't let any of the other petty stuff. I told him about the personal attack he made. I told him about the other stuff he said. And Mayor Haru did not care. He stayed above it and stayed on message. So I gave them both an opportunity to talk about this. And they did. And I think, again, Mayor Haru came out looking like the better candidate, like the guy that should be um, facing Tom Hodgson in the fall. Now, that's your decision to make if you're a Democratic primary voter. Again, I know Nick's got a lot of backing because he gives a lot to the community. But after hearing that, after hearing the petty personal attack that Nick made against Mayor Haru, I thought about it more. And hearing Mayor Haru stay relentlessly on message despite all of the negative stuff said about him, you know, saying he basically he lies to his voters. He broke his promises to his voters. I think he looked like the better. I think he looked like the better candidate. And. Again, what Mayor Rue said was made sense. If like, oh, if the voters thought I lied to them by running for another office, why did they vote me in for that office? When he was a state rep and he ran for mayor. Said I was asked to run for mayor. He ran against the seven-term incumbent and beat him handedly. And But supposedly, he devastated his constituents. It doesn't make any sense. The, mail, the, the, the press release itself doesn't make any sense. So we're two weeks out to two weeks from today is the presidential, uh, not the presidential, the state primary. So you're going to have a lot of races on the books. You're going to have this race, the race for Bristol County Sheriff Democratic primary, which uh, will be 
you know, who's going to face Tom Hodgson in the fall. You're going to have, um, on the Democratic side, you're going to have Rick Trapillo and Bill Strauss for the 10th Bristol District here in Fairhaven, Marion, Rochester, Mattapoisett, uh, and Acushnet uh, and parts of New Bedford as well. Um, in Southern Acushnet, I should say. You're going to have Cameron Costa and uh, Chris Markey um, in Dartmouth and parts of Ward 1 in New Bedford. And you're going to have uh, Shannon McMahon and, and Tom Quinn uh, facing off as well. I think the, you know, I, I read the statement and I gave my thoughts on it uh, about, you know, the letter from Shannon McMahon's husband. And I gave my thoughts on the whole situation. It's about all I really, unless if you have any questions about it, if you want to talk about it, you can message me in the app chat. You can call me at 508-996-0500. I don't think it's worth talking about anymore. Uh, I really don't want to talk about it, but I did read it. So uh, you're going to have lots of, there's a lot. This is a really active primary season here locally. The most active that we've seen in a long time. I think it's a good thing. I think it's good to get some competition going, but you have some serious choices to make, right? Who do you want your state rep to be? Who do you want your, who do you want your sheriff to be? The sheriff is a six year term. Who do you want your top prosecutor to be? Those are all really important questions that we have um, going forward. And it's actually speaking of the Markey and Costa race, uh, we've got scheduled ahead. We've got um, Chris Markey. He's going to be in, um, well, so we've got Cameron Costa in uh, Friday, September 2nd at 8 o'clock. Then we've got Chris Markey. He's going to be in Monday, I believe, at 7 or 8, the uh, the day before the election. Um, Chris and I worked on, on booking them both, and they're going to – Chris McCarthy and I worked on booking them both. And so they're going to be in. They're going to talk about their, their platforms. We've got a lot of candidates coming up. Chris Doty is going to be here next week. Tomorrow – We've got Mayor Driscoll. She's coming in at 8.30. She's going to be here at 8.30 tomorrow. She's she's the mayor of Salem, has been for about 15 years, and she's running to, for lieutenant governor. And that race is really heated up. You know, you have uh, Senator Eric Lesser, who was just in New Bedford uh, yesterday, who toured who toured the city with Rep. Tony Cabral. Him and, him and Rep. Cabral chair the Gateway City uh, Caucus together. Um, he's on, you know, Lesser's on the Senate side. And Cabral's on the uh, on the House side. Cabral actually co-founded the Gateway Cities uh, Caucus when he was in um, when uh, on Beacon Hill, like back in probably 2008 or so. But he and Lester toured the uh, toured the city yesterday. Where was at what I saw at Pace and at the uh, base uh, seafood auction uh, yesterday. You've got Eric Lester, uh, Eric Lester, Kim Driscoll, Mayor of Salem. Uh, who has been mayor of Salem for, again, about 15 years, I think since 2005, has a lot of municipal experience, was a city councilor before that, was uh, a lawyer, I believe, for Chelsea before that. Um, then you have Rep. Tammy Gavea, who's going to be in who's going to be in studio on Thursday. She's going to be in on Thursday to talk about her campaign for lieutenant governor. So that's, that's a race that's heating up for sure. Uh, there's been some attack ads uh, run against Mayor Driscoll in particular, and I and I told her comm staff today we're definitely going to ask, you know, what her thoughts on that is uh, tomorrow. But, um, and uh, we've got on Friday Sheriff Hodgson, who's going to be uh, taking your calls and he's going to be responding to the debate 
and um, you know you can ask him whatever you want at five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. That's how you can get on today. We've got coming up uh, the following week. Like I said, Chris Doty on that Tuesday. Uh, on Tuesday, we've got on Monday we've got Tim Cruz, who is the Plymouth County uh, Plymouth County District Attorney. Tim Cruz is coming in on Monday, and Tim Cruz is coming in on Monday. Now, if you're in the if you're in, uh, we I know we have a lot of listeners in Marion, Mattapoisett, Rochester, Lakeville, right? Uh, we've got uh, listeners and callers in, in Plymouth, Wareham, right, Middleborough. Um, so if you're in those areas, we're going to have your two candidates for district attorney. They're going to be calling in, and uh, not calling. They're going to be coming in studio on Monday. We're going to have Tim Cruz, longtime Republican uh, district attorney. I actually interned for him. Back in 2010, when I was a junior in college, the summer going into my senior year of college, I, I sent a letter. I was saying, hey, I really want to be a lawyer. Can I work for you? And they sent a letter back. Yeah, sure. Be an unpaid intern. Go to Wareham, you know, basically. And I was like, okay, sounds good. And I actually learned a lot. Uh, and then Rashawn Hall, who's, um, who is an ACLU attorney who's running to, uh, against him. And um, this is a general election. It's not a primary. Who's running against DA Cruz is going to be in studio the next day. So that's a big race. There's a lot, a lot of money going in that race. There's a lot of big names weighing into that race. You know, you've got our senators, Warren and Markey, weighing in, endorsing, um, endorsing Rashawn Hall. Uh, you've got, I saw Congressman Joe Kennedy just made an endorsement recently of, of, of Rashawn Hall. There's a lot of money going in on, on Cruz's side. So you've got a lot of money and intention going in that race. And again, if you live in Mattapoisett, Marion, Rochester, if you live in Plymouth, Lakeville, Middleborough, Wareham, and you're listening, and I know there's, I know you're out there, um, could you call in? Uh, that's something you're going to want to pay attention to, um, because I think they're both going to have some starkly different visions for um, this race uh, for this the the Plymouth County. And so, and even if you're not in Plymouth County, you want to listen because it's a bordering county, right? That's going to affect you as well. So. 508-996-0500. Tell you what, we're going to take a break now. We'll be right back. This is South Coast tonight. Oh, wait, how do you, how do you, okay, William from New Bedford, I'll answer this question before we go. How do you feel about politicians hopping from job to job and not finishing their elected, uh, elected terms? Here's the deal. Um, I, I think that nobody ever like really cares about that like i get the question i'm not saying you know it's a good question right how do you feel about politicians that are basically political climbers i think that's okay um because i think that people that want to use that office as a stepping stone for something else are going to want to do a good job or going to want to make some noise right so i don't ever mind it most people don't ever mind it and in Mayor Haru's situation, I think he was, you know, I wasn't, listen, I wasn't uh, really in tune with Attleboro politics, you know, for the last 10 years, which he's, you know, been an elected official for. But what he said makes sense. Um, he ran for state rep. He ran unopposed in 2016, so no one ran against him, so he didn't make any campaign promises. He was asked to run for mayor. He decided in March of 2017 he was running for mayor. He was running against a seven-term incumbent, beat the seven-term incumbent with 54% of the vote, 
So, and if they were mad, then he was reelected with sixty percent of the vote, sixty-seven percent of the vote. And then he's t- he said he told he said on a debate in WPRI that he was going to look for another office that he believed in term limiting himself, so he's going to do it again. And again, I think that people, if you're going to run for office and you you know let's say oh you're just using it as a stepping stone, no one ever cares about that stuff. They tried that with Maura Healy, I remember. Um, uh, oh, she's just going to run use this to run for governor. Well, who cares? That sounds good. If that means you want to do stuff, that means you want to make that that you want to make a name for yourself. If you want to make a name for yourself in that seat, that sounds good. That sounds great. That means you're going to try to make some noise, maybe get some stuff done. You're going to bring attention to that seat. You're going to bring attention to that office. That's what I think. I don't think it's an issue anybody ever cared about. They tried doing it with Elizabeth Warren, too. Oh, she's just running for president. Everybody knew she was running for president, right? In, in 2020, uh, and they tried you know, using an attack on her in 2018 again. It's not something people pay attention to. That and uh, the issue of carpetbaggers, that's another one. People always talk about carpetbaggers. Uh, oh, people, the people that don't live here, they, they, they go, you know, people that don't, they just come here to, to, they just come here to run for an office. Well, if they can do a good job, no one ever seems to care. Like Hillary Clinton was a carpetbagger. Robert Kennedy was a carpetbagger, both in, uh, both in New York, right? Mitt, Mitt Romney was a carpetbagger in Utah. They don't seem to care. No one ever cares about that stuff. No one ever cares about, no one ever gets, uh, concerned with political ambitions because I think people admire that in a candidate that they have political ambitions that they want to climb. You know, I think that's an admirable quality. And should constituents care? No, I mean, if they're doing their job and they're doing it well, or if they present like they're the best candidate, I think you should give them a chance. 508 996 I'm going to take a break. We'll be right back. Listen to us live. Any about that point a little more. Uh, welcome back to South Coast tonight. Chris will be back on Wednesday, 508-996-0500. So you can get on or you can message us on WBSM app chat. William from New Bedford messaged us on the app chat and said and asked, uh, you know, sh- what do you think about politicians jumping from off to office and not finishing their terms? I said, it's fine with me if someone is uh, looks like if someone's a political climber. Um, that usually means they want to draw some attention to that seat and do a good job. That's not always true, but it's true most of the time. The other thing I thought of is is when you say, the, the, the strange thing is when you say, that person just wants to run for X so they can run for X, right? That person just wants to run for attorney general so that they can, ret- they can run for governor. When you make that attack against somebody... You're already acknowledging their political talent, aren't you? You're already saying this person's aspirations can exceed the office that they are in search of. You're saying that their capabilities, they can run for governor after. They can run, oh, this person's just running for city council because they just want to be mayor. Okay. Well, you're acknowledging that this person could make a run for mayor. You're acknowledging their 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 you're acknowledging their skills as a candidate, you know their strength. You're acknowledging their strength as a candidate when you say that. You're acknowledging their strength. You're saying this person is politically talented, and this person has the resume, or almost has the resume, to run for a higher office. 
I never think you look come look look, look uh look, you know you come out looking good in that conversation, right? Like to say Paul Rue's just running for sheriff so he can run for something else. Well, you're assuming that he. I guess he's going to do a good job as sheriff. Like you're saying, oh, if he wins, will he finish his term? Well, if he wins another office, right? That's higher than a countywide office. He must be doing a good job. Uh, yeah, sounds good to me. And again, no one ever pays attention to that stuff. It's the same thing with carpetbaggers. No one ever pays attention to carpetbaggers. Anybody says, oh, this person's a carpetbagger. Nobody cares. It's all a matter of if you're a good candidate or not. Nobody cares if you're a carpetbagger. You can move wherever you want and run for whatever you want. And no one's going to really care. I mean, as long as you have some familiarity. I mean, you're going to have at least, again, going to at least have some, like, a good resume and some familiarity with the area, right? But if you're, like, a quote-unquote carpetbagger like Hillary Clinton was or RFK was in New York, no one's, no one's really going to, no one's really going to care. Or Mitt Romney was in Utah, right? Another example. Some people say Mitt Romney was here. I don't agree with that. He was here for a long time. Some people say Elizabeth Warren was here. I don't agree. Again, she was here for a long time before she ran for senator. Just because you live somewhere else and then you run for a seat in a state that you're not born at or you didn't grow up in doesn't mean you're a carpetbagger. Kelly, uh, what's their name? The girl in Georgia was definitely a carpetbagger, but what's her name? Kelly Loeffler in Georgia. She was a carpetbagger, but she... She also got caught insider trading based on information that she learned in the pandemic. That's what actually killed her. It wasn't the carpetbagger stuff. It was the fact that she got caught insider trading. Um, but 508-996-0500 so I can get on. By the way, Ian Abreu is going to be on uh, at 8 o'clock. We've got a few things to talk about. He's going to um, he's gonna, he's gonna talk about – he said he got an update on the MBTA district. Um thing you know it's got an update on the mbta district uh development uh the vote that you're gonna have to take in in november if you're in new bedford and he's going to talk uh we're gonna actually talk about some other stuff some more fun stuff after that so i'm gonna take a break now uh taking your calls and, and messages 508-996-0500 wb actually i just remembered when people were talking about um i'm people i was talking about it you know, aspirations and all that. I think when someone's, if you see a candidate's aspirations, uh, I just, again, I never think it reflects negatively on them. Like if they move somewhere to run for something, might mean they care. I mean, I, I remember when the district changed, um, when Massachusetts got redistricted and we had 10 Congress people, then we ended up with nine. Uh, Congressman Keating moved from wherever he was in Norfolk County to to born and they were people were saying oh well you just ran so you you just moved so you could run for the seat he's like that is correct <laughs> that is correct and it didn't it didn't hurt him so when people talk about oh you're just running for higher office so you could you don't actually come from here it's never um electorally uh significant almost never electorally uh significant to to attack people on their aspirations uh, for higher office. I, I've, I haven't seen it at least. Um, again, we're going to have a uh, councilor at large, uh, city council president, Ian Abreu calling in at eight. He's going to have a new development on the MBTA district. And then we're just going to have a little fun. Uh, 508-996-0500 is how you can get on. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. 
1420 to South Coast tonight. Chris will be back tomorrow. We've got a good show tomorrow as well. We've got Mayor Kim Driscoll, candidate for lieutenant governor. She'll be in studio with us. We'll be uh, chatting with her and taking your calls. We're taking your calls tonight at 508-996-0500. We're taking your messages on the app chat. Uh, and, yeah, that's that's it. That's the ways you can interact with the show. Until we get into falconry, maybe. Like a falcon. If you could send a message to the studio, you know. I don't know how fast they travel, though. So I don't know if it'd get here in time. Depending on where you are, right? If you're close, if you're at a poison or something, probably a little better than if you're like in, you know, Plymouth. But anyway... We'll see you on the other side with uh, with city councilor, uh, city council president Annie Abreu. So stay tuned.